Welcome back to Am I Qualified to Do This, a podcast for anyone who has ever asked themselves the question, am I qualified to do this? I am your host, Katherine Kelly, daddy of an imposter syndrome and constant asker of the question, am I qualified to do this, including right now as I record this podcast. I do want to tell you before I introduce today's guest that we will be talking about our previous relationships with food and battles with eating disorders in college. So if this is something that is close to your heart or something that you're still struggling with and not quite ready to listen, um, I just wanted to give you that heads up so you didn't get through the episode and was like, crap, I didn't need to bring that all up again. So there are two things that no one told me before I went to college. One, toilet paper is expensive. Two, that you get your mother's hips around sometime in your junior year with zero warning. And um, that led to a lot of questions in my head and a lot of not positive or great um, viewpoints of food and exercise and different things like that. And that's why I'm super excited about today's guest. Becca Morgan and I met as freshmen at Hendricks College and have enjoyed watching each other's journey through social media as we navigate adulthood. She is rounding out her third year as an assistant athletic trainer at Ole Miss with the women's volleyball team and is currently pursuing her doctorate in nutrition. So yes, she is a badass. Becca grew up in dance and started dancing competitively in elementary school. Her fitness journey truly began in college as she was met with a lot of obstacles and challenges. Through graduate school to now, she has grown and evolved into someone embracing a self-love journey and hoping to lead and inspire others to do the same. I know you're probably wondering why a successful SEC athletic trainer on her, working on her doctoral degree in nutrition is on a podcast about imposter syndrome. Well, as I said before, no one escapes imposter syndrome. It's something that everyone faces. Now let's dive into the interview. Becca, I'm so excited to have you here with us today. For those of you who probably skipped over my intro, which you shouldn't do, um, Becca is a wonderful friend of mine from college. We both went to Hendricks College. She is now an athletic um, trainer. I was like, what is the word I'm looking for? A trainer at Ole Miss for their volleyball team. And she's currently pursuing her PhD right now. Um, she is absolutely amazing. And if you haven't already, you should check out her social media for some of her health and wellness tips that she has out there. She definitely has been dropping some gyms as far as the, as far as I'm concerned, I follow it for the gyms. Cause I'm like, I needed that today. Just go walk. Um, so definitely follow her for that, but also she's just an amazing all around person. Um, and it's just been wonderful to watch her journey from college through now as adults. Cause it's almost been six years believe it or not, <laughs> that we've been out of school, um, which is crazy, oh. absolutely crazy. <laughs> wow. So Becca, tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you get to where you are, what you're doing, um, kind of those basics. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Um, it's really cool to get to, to reconnect and I keep up with you as well. It's just cool to see how all of us have evolved over the years, um, mm -hmm. especially being in that transformative, struggle bus of, <laughs> of uh, being uh 18 to 22 Oof. so um but yeah I am a little bit about me um I am from Arkansas um I was actually one of the the few kids at Hendrix that was from where Hendrix is um in Conway but thankfully uh, my parents and I both agreed that it would be a much better experience for me if I lived on campus even though my house was you know down the street um, so did the Hendrix thing, um, thought that I was going to do the physical therapist route, 
um, but then got exposed to athletic training uh, about junior, senior year and decided to, to pivot a little bit to the right and uh, do the athletic training thing. So um, I had a week from graduation to starting my master's. So moved out of my front street apartment, loaded up the moving truck, and then it drove uh, to Fayetteville um, for the master's program. And then uh, Mariah, who was also a classmate of ours, we lived together for two years and she's getting her PhD right now up there still. So kind of just cool connections. Um, but now I am um, at Ole Miss. I am rounding out year three. It'll be three years in August, which is That's wild. crazy. Wild. Um, so this is my first big girl job. Um, obviously, there was a, a year in between master's and here um, that I was an intern. So technically, that was a, a big girl job. But this is my first, like, I'm actually on staff <laughs> as, a, as a person that makes decisions and everything like that. Um, but through this whole process of doing the athletic training thing, um, I have discovered through my own growth and evolution um, since my struggles in college um, that nutrition and health have become a really big passion of mine. And obviously I'm in healthcare, um, but even being an athletic trainer, we're the, the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone's having a mental health crisis or going down that path of needing some counseling or just some help, um, we are the, usually the first to know because the athlete comes to us because we're around them every single day. We see them every single day. I'm at practice. I travel. I'm in the training room. They just come to hang out. They come to confide in me. Um, so, you know, I've been exposed to that more and more. They, some, some athletes say some off the wall things about nutrition or things they see or things they think they need to do to make them perform better. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you know, referring to the dietitian, you know, and then obviously injuries and whatnot. So we're kind of the wearer of multiple hats in our role, which I like um, because it keeps me on my toes and keeps me guessing and learning. Um, but I've seen a big need um, for the right kind of nutrition advice. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that my opinions are the end all be all, but there's a big need to help other people navigate diet culture. Um, because at the end of the day, a calorie is a calorie. Yep. <laughs> and at the end of the day, protein, carbs, and fats are protein, carbs, and fats. And there's not a particular diet that's superior to another. And, um, so I decided that a PhD in nutrition was the flex that I wanted to, to have. Um, and then to allow that opportunity to uh, let me do research and kind of have a little hill to stand on and uh, to also um, possibly become a registered dietitian, which I think would be really, really cool. Um, just to open more doors for myself. Um, so we'll just kind of see. Uh, I started the PhD in January. Um, so far have all A's. <laughs> Yay. I mean, well, we wouldn't expect any less, Becca. Like you are brighter than bright. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're starting off on a good note and I'm, I'm kind of honing in on what I want my research to be. Um, but yeah, the, the PhD is self-paced, which is new for me because both degrees were very much, here's what you need to do this semester mm -hmm. and whatnot. And this is a little bit more here, are your 80 options. You need to get this many hours and pick stuff so I'm kind of like oh, I don't know yeah we'll just kind of see how the next you know three four semesters evolve for me but that's what I'm doing now and we'll we'll see what I do uh 
as I pursue this PhD? Because I, I feel some pivoting. This COVID year really woke up a lot of things. <laughs> made me really think about a lot and really uh, face the flames, if you will, in terms of what I like and don't like and what kind of change I want to try and put out into the world or what I want to align with or, you know, that kind of thing. And that's come with growing in my confidence too, but yeah, we'll see. No, I'm, I'm super excited to follow along with that journey because you are unstoppable in so many ways. And I know whatever you decide to do as your next step is going to be absolutely amazing because like watching your steps right now are amazing. Um, so for those who don't know, Becca and I actually met at Hendrix through dance. Um, so we danced on the dance ensemble. We were actually both cheerleaders. And um, we also danced in several other things that Hendrix does, such as Shirt Tales, which is our freshman kind of orientation. I'm not gonna call it hazing because it's not hazing. It's a celebration. And it's kind of like the welcoming to the group for the freshmen. And um, a charity event that we do on campus called um, Campus Kitty, which is a charity drag show um, where there's company dancers and everything like that. So our life was filled with dance. Both of us came from dance backgrounds with studio homes and different things like that. And both of us struggled um, with this whole transition of going from like high school dancer to college dancer and what that means. And also like you add in that whole thing, like all of a sudden you have your mother's hips and you're developing in college that no one tells you about. And you're just like, what is this? Like this never was a thing until I got here. What am I doing wrong? And that whole philosophy. Um, I, I've spoken a lot about my struggles in college. <laughs> um, so I won't make this a me soapbox, but Morgan is it not Becca. Sue, woo, I had a whole thing where I just called you Morgan. Like we we're back in college. Um, Becca, <laughs> is there anything you want to add to that about the culture around dance and fitness in college? Cause I know you're also seeing it with your athletes now even yeah so i i have said this to to you before and many other people that i work with and even recent conversations i truly can't imagine being in you know late high school college right now with social media mm -hmm. like it is um because when we were in college it wasn't that long ago, but it sometimes it feels like it where I remember like Twitter kind of being newish and Instagram being new, you know, like people were getting on the app in like 2012, which is kind of, mm -hmm. you know, our sophomore-ish time. And it was, it was more of just like people taking pictures with awful filters on like their food and like a random sunset, you know, like it wasn't, it was not this like epically curated mm -hmm. Photoshop thing. I pride myself. I do not Photoshop anything because I just don't believe in that. Um, but I just, I can't imagine developing uh, right now. And that's, that's another reason why I feel so called to try and fill a gap and be that positive person for my 18 to 22 year olds, even if it's 14 of them that I interact with it's it's more than zero um but for me i really struggled in high school um i started really having struggles with body image um so i did me personally um i danced competitively 
Um, and it wasn't dance team type stuff um, at a school. It was a company and, you know, we travel to Texas and Oklahoma and wherever and we compete on stage. Loved it. I don't regret that. Um, I feel like I got in my own way a lot. Um, but, you know, you're you're in the, the spandex shorts and the bras and it's sparkly and beautiful and wonderful. Um, and my dance teacher, I had the last couple years of my career, a true gem. I love that woman. Uh, it was my previous studio that kind of started the, the negative self-talk uh, for me um, because I have you, I've been about my size most of my life. My physique's been about like this, um, give or take some muscle because now I, I weight train and stuff like that. But I remember it really affecting me in the dance space um, when I was inconvenient because they had to order me a size medium instead of small or extra small. And that was mortifying to me. But looking back on that, I'm like, that is so sad. A medium, mm -hmm. a medium, come on. There's nothing wrong with someone that needs a 2XL. Nothing wrong with it at all. But like a medium versus a small. And that is just how dare I. And that was just so hurtful. And it wasn't anyone like berating me in front of a group, but just those, those side comments mm -hmm. that you hear and you know, you're like, oh, whatever. But you hear more often and it starts to get in your head and like stuff like that. So I think I really kind of took it to heart and just compartmentalized it or like really like pushed it down. And then, you know, you, you get to college and you have all this freedom, right? So for me, my freshman year, I did the opposite of the freshman 15. I did the freshman negative 15 or 20 because I had all this freedom of, okay, well, I'm in control of what I eat. So I'm just not going to. Mm -hmm. And God bless my mother. She is a fabulous woman. There were times in high school when I had told mom, like, I hey, should go on a diet. I did not need to. I had no business going on a diet. My mom said, no. Cause you're not going on a diet. You're beautiful. And we eat well. We did not do the go out to eat or like the takeout. My mm -hmm. mom cooked meals and it was a lean protein and a veggie and they still eat that way. And like, there was nothing wrong with me, but God bless my mom for not feeding into the, you need to be skinny. You need to look a certain way because I, I didn't. Um, but when I got to college, I was like, Hmm, and there's all these girls walking around, you know, yep. so annoying. <laughs> It is not even that they're doing anything with their bodies. They're just built different. <laughs> yes. Like as I've become more educated, everything, and I'm like, all of this stuff is so genetics related and it's wonderful. And that's why we're also unique, but man, it just really pissed me off mm -hmm. in college because there are these girls that don't work out and you look at their, you know, disco trays of this food and there's like this pile of stuff and they're drinking on the weekends. And you're like, how do you look like that? I'm mm -hmm. used. I don't look like that. So that was my, my bad thing that I did in, in freshman year is I started like tracking calories and it became this, oh, I ate, I ate under 1800, eight, whoa, I ate under 800 calories today. Okay. That's good. Just not good. Not good. And you know, you have, you're driving yourself around, getting yourself places. So I would go to the gym for two hours a day and then go to dance practice. And I'm just withering away and my confidence is getting lower and lower instead of getting better. And then, you know, you try and pull yourself out of it. Thankfully I was able to pull myself out of it. 
but then you know you rebound weight gain so it's just this roller coaster of just I wasn't taking care of myself or mm-hmm. my body and I think obviously I think dance triggered it to where I started having self-conscious thoughts from external things um and then you know you add in boys that mistreat you mm-hmm. or that you correction allow to mistreat you that stuff would not be tolerated now you'd be so proud <laughs> <laughs> um but I think that it just because I was not very confident and I allowed other external factors to contribute to that even more um and it honestly I think it really took me being out here um on my own and working and educating myself that I've been able to flip the the narrative uh, for myself. And I don't really, I feel bad for that college girl, but I also, I think it makes me more relatable because uh, mm-hmm. I'm not someone that's telling someone, you know, these things are good for you or you should do this and not having struggles through that. Um, so I don't, I hate it for me that I had to go through that. And I feel like I didn't enjoy college because I was so in my head. Um, but I do think it helps me be, be more relatable to people. And I think, I think the best part about that is that that's such a familiar story to a lot of people. Cause even though we were right next to each other, we saw each other going through the, basically the same struggle. Cause there was definitely a point in time where I'm just like, this ensure protein drink will get me through the day. And that's fine. On top of cheer practice, dance practice, Miss Hendricks practice and everything else. And that's fine that I'm starving at the end of the day. I should be starving. Cause that means my body's eating itself and I'll be skinny one day. Yep. And <laughs> that whole process of like just avoiding the cafeteria because you don't want people to look at what you put on your tray because they're going to be like, is that all you eat? Yes, that's all I eat because I'm not skinny like you. Mm-hmm. And that whole mental struggle that you put through yourself. And I think in college, you add in the choice, the fact that you have true freedom and choice for the first time. You add in the fact that like college parties are skimpy clothing. So you're trying to look good in skimpy clothing all of a sudden now. And you look great just how you are, but you're comparing yourself to the other girl in the skimpy clothing and being like, why am I not 5'10 and 102 pounds? That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. And like at the time we couldn't even talk to each other about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it just, it wouldn't have helped in any way for us to try to talk to each other and be like, we're both going through the same struggle. Um, and I think that that's the part I regret. And that's why I'm excited that we're having this conversation now, because I think it, hopefully other girls who are going through this now and see their friends also going through it can have these conversations and not feel so afraid to be like, are you struggling with this? Cause I'm struggling with this. Cause like, I think about how less stressed my college experience would have been if I just stopped putting it in my head that no one else is struggling with this. And could have leaned on my friends to be like, hey, I'm struggling today. Could you just make sure that like I eat maybe <laughs> um, without it feeling like an attack because they're like, you're not eating. Um, and it's, it's just, it's crazy that we continue to do this. And it's crazy that kids today are doing this on such a microscopic level because you have the TikTok, you have the Instagram, the Snapchat and everything and everyone looks perfect all the time but no one actually looks like that ever. Um, so it's like, how do you even begin? Like I, I pray every day for kids growing up right now because I don't know how they're doing it. I really don't. 
I don't either. And I, that's the thing too, is there are some times, even recently where I'm like, man, like I wish the me now could be my college self because my, I feel like my experience would have been even richer. My, my conversations, my willingness to say, Hey, I know that I'm not a black female. Please tell me what I need to do. And like yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, I feel confident enough to say that my confidence was so in the basement, my four years at college. Like I didn't feel like, obviously I want to make sure I wasn't contributing to the problem by being Mm -hmm. cool, but like I was too afraid to ask how like please please teach me or please like point me to what I need to read but the last year two three because I've worked on myself I feel like I'm bold enough to be like hey I don't understand this I want to you know and but then again like I said I feel like going through such that rough time has allowed me to look I guess has allowed me to want to create my little corner of the internet or in the conversations that I have with individuals to be that supportive person or to give advice, you know, cause I, I can't imagine being 18 right now. Oh Lord. I just, <laughs> I can't No, I was like as messed up as I was at 18. No. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just so, so wild to me. And I, I think that's another reason to, that I have tried definitely obviously COVID when you're at home a lot and you're you're kind of having to adjust um how you work because a lot of us Mm -hmm. that our work is very reliant on in-person in-person things I was home for seven weeks when when everything shut down um my my sister um is uh immune compromised due to her own struggles um, with, with food and whatnot. And she's, she has now got some chronic things going on. Um, she's doing much better, but she asked, um, if I wouldn't mind kind of self-quarantining at home for two weeks and then coming to Arkansas just to make her more comfortable. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I respect that. Not a problem. And I was home for seven weeks. And so obviously we were doing things on zoom calls, but our actual coverage of practices and rehab and whatnot was not a thing for a while I was thriving but during that time I was like I need to use this opportunity to reconnect with people and share what I'm doing because quarantine is scary and hard Mm -hmm. and we don't have our normal band-aids for things (laughs) our normal our normal things uh that allows to ignore stuff you know uh I had to sit with a lot of things and work through a lot of stuff and it was good Um, But that's when I kind of started to share more on my Instagram, even just in stories um, of just, you know, I'm out here doing my walk, you know, we don't have a gym, but I have my two feet and I'm able to move. And so I'm going to go walk or I'm home in Arkansas and I love hiking. So here I am, you know, and just kind of sharing that. And uh, I started getting some really good feedback um, from people that I hadn't talked to in a while, um, people that went to college with us that I was never friends with. Mm-hmm. But we knew, I mean, we went to a small school. Just because we weren't friends does not mean I did not know what your name was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just didn't converse, but I knew who you were when you, because we passed each other Monday, Wednesday, Friday, eight o'clock. You yep. just, <laughs> happened. 
Um, but people that I wasn't ever really friends with reaching out, be like, wow, like I really, that really resonated with me. Or I just have really loved keeping up with your journey over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I was just kind of using it as a diary. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it started to kind of become clear to me. It's like, well, even if it's this little teeny tiny corner of the internet, um, if my little gems, as you said, uh, help someone, like that's awesome. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to share what I'm going to share anyways, because I'm sharing it for me, but that's been pretty cool to learn. And it's kind of been motivating for me on even my hard days of like, you've got someone that's probably going through the same crap. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you sharing it maybe make, takes a little bit of the power away, you know, and maybe yeah. on that day. Cause I've had some really, really rough days for sure. Um, but we all have those. And I feel like that needs to be normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you had said earlier, we, we were going through stuff and some of it was really similar and we didn't talk about it because that wasn't normal. Mm-mm. And I feel like that would have helped both of us in so many ways if it had been normalized to do something like that. So I've been trying to make it a thing <laughs> and lead by example, because um, it helps me even in my, my late 20s. But leading in that example too for the people that follow me or even my athletes you know trying to normalize like even if you're just having a bad day it's okay to tell someone that doesn't mean we're all gonna freak out but it just it it puts it out into the universe so that it's a little less scary Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I've been trying to take my my internet corner (laughs) no I love it and like I think it's funny because you and I started our like internet journey of like telling our stories at, at a very similar time. And there's a couple other people who also like also from Hendrix in their own little niche have started doing the same thing. And I'm like, is it all of us realizing that we're not alone and being like, let me share this story so other people don't feel so alone. <laughs> Man, COVID, I'm telling you. It really is. And it's like, it's funny because we none of us think of ourselves as like experts in any of this. Like, we're just like, this is literally just my story and what I've learned. (laughs) But like, people are like, you, the the way you lead with empathy, the way you share your story is life-changing. And I think it's, I think that's almost like stressful for me. The the fact that like, I've changed someone's life. What? (laughs) This is just me being me struggling on a normal (laughs) daily basis. But yeah, but like that shows how human we truly are that no one is perfect. So it's healing on both sides. It's healing for that person who's seeing it, but it's healing for you because you know you're not alone. Um, I agree. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and I, I love watching you also model this with your athletes and even like the little tidbits that you share about your athletes on your page. And you, I mean, you work at, honestly, I'm gonna say one of the hardest sports. You have an all female team of volleyball players. Volleyball players come in all shapes, sizes, everything and they're all on the field in tiny little spandex in a tight little shirt <laughs> and they are on like when you're playing at a d1 school you're on camera yeah. like that there's no way to avoid that how are you taking these lessons that you've learned and the knowledge that you've gained over this year and giving it back to them yeah so it's definitely i didn't even know that i wanted to work volleyball Um, It kind of fell into my lap when I did my internship um, at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Um, I was maternity leave for uh, a staff member 
Um, and so that was really my first like working exposure to it. And I realized it was really fun. And I, I started learning the game and, and through that, I started to appreciate it more and more. And so when this opportunity opened up here, I was like, oh yeah, like, I'll, I'll go for it, you know? And I love it. I love being a volleyball athletic trainer, um, especially at this level. And it's been such an eye-opening experience what you, in your question, I, on my one team, but even across, you know, when we traveled all these other schools, such a vast spectrum of bodies, which mm -hmm. I think is beautiful, but it's so interesting to see, you know, maybe your assumptions being correct about someone. Um, and as I've learned more and more and more, genetics plays a, such a huge role in how someone looks and, and coaches refuse to acknowledge that sometimes. But there'll be, there, uh, you know, I'll have a, a girl on the team who muscular, strong legs, like she does not weigh 110 pounds and she's stunning. It's just muscular and strong. She's such an athlete and she fuels well, like she's supposed to, she eats enough. She's like, oh, I just eat when I'm hungry. I'm like, yes, yes, wonderful. You know, and then she's like, yeah, I just like, you know, I, I like doing this. And this is like, yes, keep doing that. That's wonderful. And then you've got someone who is also just as stunning and beautiful and talented. And this tiny little thing. And she's so insecure. And so, do you know how much sugar's in this? I'm like, it's fruit. Yes, there's sugar. Eat it. <laughs> it's fruit. It's good, you know, and but it's this fear. Mm -hmm. And all in one team. And you'll have someone else that's, you know, six, four, 200 pounds, and she's beautiful. And, you know, just living her life, living her volleyball, 22 year old life, you know, unbothered. And then someone, you know, that's six, three, and 140 pounds, and, you know, super concerned about being 140 pounds. It's like, it's just so, it's so vast. Um, and so where I have been challenged, but I like the challenge is, being a positive, uh, safe place for them. Um, I never, I know my place always is as, as an athletic trainer. I'm not, you know, a sports dietitian, but I do care about nutrition. I'm pursuing my PhD in nutrition to become a dietitian. Um, but being that, that positive person for them, that is their encourager and their supporter, but also is going to be honest with them. And, um, I try and lead by example, by feeling my body well, and they see me working out. They know that I work out. They know that I go on walks. They know that I drink my water and, you know, cook my food and stuff like that. And that being strong is good. And that having muscle is good. And that sleeping well is important and recovering well is important. And just reminding them of those things and allowing them to process and accept that because I can tell them things all day long because I also was that person where I could, someone could be telling me mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and but I have to accept it and you can't force anyone to do that so I just always try and lead with empathy and and lead with education you know um, because if they if they hear it enough then they start to process it but also if if I've laid that foundation for them to trust me um I feel like that goes so far because if they trust me 
then they know that I'm not going to tell them something that isn't true. I'm not going to tell them something um, for funsies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or even so I know some, some people it's like, oh, you're my mom. You have to tell me that. It's like, no, I don't. That's not what I'm paid here to do. I'm like, exactly. I'm actually not paid to do this part. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm here. I'm here to be your advocate. I am here to make this college experience fun for you in some way. Like I'm only this little bitty piece. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I want all of them to feel like when they're at practice and I'm up in the bleachers watching that if something goes wrong, they trust that someone's going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Just like my athlete that got, that got injured during game, during season, she knew to look right at me and my coaches knew to look right at me and I handled it. There was no like, oh, I don't, I, do you know what you're doing? It was help and I helped and it, it all went fine. You know, and I think that's what I really try and do is lead my example. Um, and, you know, I obviously don't overshare with them, but if there's things that they're going through, you know, I told like, I totally relate to that. That is totally normal to feel that way. Uh, your feelings in this moment are valid. It's okay that you're you're crying. You need to, you need to let it out. You know, it's like, okay, now that we've let that out, what can you do to make this better? You know, and just and being that place for them that's normalizing feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and normalizing <laughs> Wow. You know, because, because they're they're always taught, you know you're an athlete. You're supposed to be tough. You're supposed to be resilient. You're supposed to not let anyone see you sweat. Mm-hmm. And we all sweat. <laughs> we all get nervous. We all have, you know, things going on because it's human. And I, and I, I think to, to summarize it all, I try and be that reminder for them. It's like, I'm not, I was not a division one volleyball player. I admire the heck out of that. But you're also a girl and you're also in your college years and it's a very transformative time and it's it's okay to have a hard time and uh I think that's paid off so far because I've not got any complaints (laughs) that uh, I'm doing a bad job so that's kind of I really just try and obviously I'm a healthcare person but um I'm more than taping an ankle and putting ice on a on a knee you know I want I want them to leave their college career and me have left even just like even a good just one good memory you know that I've made some kind of impact on them that's that's what I hope for I truly wish there was more just people in college students lives (laughs) that came with that aspect it's like I think I'm I honestly I'm not gonna lie I came away from college quite broken not even gonna lie I was I was very lost and very broken but I think because I had amazing mentors and professors at Hendrix who helped keep it together and help reaffirm. I was able to put the puzzle back together a little faster than I probably would have been otherwise. And I know you're doing that for your, your, your athletes. Like I, I already know the way you talk about them. They're like, these are my girls. Like I would put, I would lay down my life for these girls if I needed to. Um, and I know they feel that deeply. And I know that regardless of whatever else is happening outside the bubble you create when they're with you, that what you're doing is truly going to be impactful even after they leave, even if there's still work that they need to do, they're going to remember that someone believed in them, that someone was there for them. And I I'd like, I already know you've been there for three years and there's probably girls that have graduated that still reach out to you and be like, Becca, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's important. It's, it's something that's not built into the college system and it should be because once again, it is this transformative time of change and revelations for kids and it's scary. <laughs> and sometimes you just need someone to believe that you're gonna make it through <laughs> even if you yeah. don't yourself. Yeah, and I, I think for me too, being in that that role that I'm in where I do see those individuals very often um, that who knows if when I, I mean, obviously we, we did the, a, a unique college route doing a liberal arts school, a small school and everything mm-hmm. like that. But if an adult figure had asked me if I was doing okay, <laughs> asked me if I was doing okay and I felt that they actually wanted to know who knows if I would have pulled myself out of my 12 foot deep hole a little faster, you know, or maybe even just like touch the rope. I don't know, like touch the rope to pull me out. Am I not like grabbed on, but maybe it would have just. You would have known it was there for the first time. There, I need it, you know, and I, and I, and I mean, obviously I have incredible parents, so they didn't do anything wrong. They're the most supportive human beings ever. Mm-hmm. And they, they knew that college was not, you know, the, the dream. It was not, I was not living it up every single day, you know. Um, but there are also those people that raised me and my sister, you know, we're here and we also want you to kind of pave your own path. And we're, we're here as the bumpers if you need us. Um, but, you know, we're proud of you and just kind of, you know, figure it out. And I've even, I've even talked to them uh during COVID, during the seven weeks home of all these things that I was battling during college. And the look on my mom's face was, why didn't you say anything? I was like, it's not your fault. It wasn't that I didn't feel safe to. I was like, I couldn't put it into words. I can mm-hmm. now. There was no way I could have verbalized what I was going through. I had to actually sit with it <laughs> and work through it and analyze myself and be like, why was that hard for me? Where was that coming from? and work through that stuff that now I can talk about it. But who knows if there had been an adult figure on campus that would have been like, hey, are you okay? Or what's going on? If that would have changed for me, I don't know. But I think that's another reason why in my role, I'm happy to do that. And when I ask someone, even if it's not my athlete, if I ask a coworker, if I ask you, how are you doing? I want to sit here and listen and mm-hmm. just be that, be that safe space in that moment. Um, and, and, and who knows it, what would have changed for me if that had happened to me, you know? It's like, I just adore that. Cause that's like, that's what makes you such a great human is that you, you <laughs> genuinely like care deep, 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 deep down. Everything is based off the feeling that you care about whoever it is. You could have just met them for the first time. And you're like, I genuinely care. (laughs) Like, I want you to, and like, that's so important because like these revelations that we have come when we sit down and just start talking. And it's not that we even think that we're going to get to this root cause or something, but it just comes out. And all of a sudden you're like, where did this come from? Has this been what I've been struggling with for all these years? (laughs) Like, wow. Okay. We put that on the table. And it's not even that that person can fix the problem or anything, but it's because they genuinely care and you feel safe enough to like, just talk it through that the work can actually begin. Um, and, and that's so magical. I'm sorry. I'm just like, all I have is you're like a freaking unicorn 
in so many ways. Um, and your girls are so blessed to have you. And all the, all of the athletes, regardless of what sport they play, I know that they're like, man, I wish Becca was my trainer because like, she is just like, I would have that extra buffer, even though you're there, even if they're not your core athletes. Yeah. And that's, that's something else that I've enjoyed in years in my current position. Um, I work with some bad a people that also are athletic trainers and they do such a good job work in the same office in the same training room but you know when the soccer girls come in a couple of them know who I am in terms of like I just have struck up conversation with them in the past you know um I don't know some of the new kids because COVID we're just also like more spread out Mm -hmm. um but that's cool you know and like one of one soccer girl had a really, really bad injury in the fall. And, you know, that's a six, eight month long recovery. And uh, a couple of times I helped their athletic trainer um, with her rehab. And it was simply me sitting behind her or standing behind her. And he was forcing her range of motion of her knee. And it's painful. Uh-huh. And I just put my hands on her back and I had my head next to her head. I was like, you got it. Come on, come on, come on. And like those moments, like I would have done that for any of athlete. And even if it was the reverse and I needed that athletic trainer to help me with one of my athletes, that's what we do. And so I didn't really think anything of it, but to that person going through that, like, that's so big, you know? And so now every time I walk in, she's like, Hey, that guy, I'm like, Hey, how's it going today? And she's like, I, I would, you know, I ran on the altered G today. I'm like, that's amazing. You know? And, and she's not my athlete but it's, that's important. And even mm-hmm. if I'm like, Oh, c- cool. It's like, you know, give them that. That's amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you. It doesn't take any extra energy to give them that little bit of extra, you know? Um, and so that's what I try and do at least in the training room. Cause that's when I see my, my, uh, non-athletes, like the athletes that aren't mine per se Mm-hmm. to you know even if I'm having a bad day at least try and strike up conversation because sometimes that one conversation with someone else if you're having a bad day makes your mood better or oh yeah making a point to say good morning to one of the events that people when I worked the track meet today and he's just standing out there doing his job but I walked by and said good morning how you doing I could have just walked by him <laughs> but he's like I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for asking. And like, I rec- I realized I had a smile on my face the rest of my walk into working today, just because I took that second to be like, how are you doing? You know, when I could have just kept on with like, oh, I don't want to work today. <laughs> it's like caring is such a contagious, kindness and caring is super contagious. And like, Sometimes I wonder why our world's not more kind or caring. Um, and I'm just like, just keep putting it out there. It'll get there. Yep. It just it just takes a little bit for it to catch on, but it will get there. <laughs> yep. And there are days when my my introvert self has to just not people mm-hmm. <laughs> a day. Um, but that's how I recover. Um, but something I've learned in this last year, just with our limited in-person interactions is, you know, even going to the grocery store, um, saying hello or how you doing and 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 meeting it with a little bit of something behind you know the comment or if someone looks in my direction and smiles I'll say hello instead of like the awkward like smile you know mm-hmm. or, you know or someone's like set how are you and so like good and keep walking it's like I'm doing great how are you just that little bit of extra has helped me and that's selfish but even me going that extra little step has helped me have 
a better day if that makes any sense you know? no that makes complete sense because it's, it's a two-way street everything is a two-way street and sometimes you give and sometimes you take and sometimes you don't even mean to take and it changes everything and yep. it, that's just how the universe works it, it, it is mm -hmm. yeah so I, that was something I, I i challenged myself to do and i'm glad that i did because that makes me so uncomfortable because i'm not an i'm not an, an inherently extroverted human um but I've been, I've been pushing myself <laughs> to strike up conversation or at least, you know, instead of someone saying hi and I just meet them with like eye contact to actually say a few words. Um, I'm, I'm truly an introvert through and through though. That is, that's where I sit. <laughs> I feel that on a deep level. I'm like, whoo, that sounds like a lot of work saying words back to people. Like that smile, does that smile does not do enough? I'm like, oh, I guess we have masks on too. They can't see the smile. <laughs> I'm, I honestly, I'm a little concerned about when we're not wearing masks, purely from the fact that my focus face will say that to keep it a little more. Uh -huh. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's a certain uh, look and it can be mistaken and it's like, no. <laughs> or when someone's talking crazy to you and you're just, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm a little worried. <laughs> no, I feel my, you. <laughs> my face awareness. Um, yeah, that is, uh, that muscle has not been worked very well in a little while and I'm a little worried <laughs> because the mask has a lot. It does. Especially I have to wear it every day, all the time at work except for you, when I'm taking a drink of coffee or water or eating something, it's on the rest of the time during the games. Oh Lord. So, you know, the, the cameras don't know what I'm saying under my mask, but I've got to really check myself when we're not doing that anymore because, oh Lord. That's fair. It's like, I, even the virtual working environment that I'm in, I try to keep my camera off because I know I have no facial control, none. <laughs> like the amount of times my boss has texted me in a side meeting off of Zoom to be like, so I see you made a face. What you thinking? And I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop encouraging this. There's 27 other people's on the call. She goes, but I moved over to you because I know your face don't lie. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about, uh, we don't have to, but I, on this, on the same, same coin, I'm looking forward to it because even us having the zoom call like I like seeing a smile or mm -hmm. you can see someone laugh with their eyes but like when it takes over their whole face like I live for that I love that you know and that's at least with athletic events you know the people that are actively playing they don't have to wear masks um that's at least like some sense of normalcy to see them celebrate in that moment you know when specifically with volleyball when you know, a girl gets a really good kill and it's just epic or like a really great block and it's epic. And, you know, the bench gets excited and we all have masks on, but the girls on the court don't and they're just cheering and they're making eye contact. I just, I love that because that's human. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that, but I'm also going to have to watch my facial expressions at the same time because my eyes are very expressive, but you take all this away and it helps me out. A little it tones bit. it down a little bit. You add it back in. You're like, oh, that's a, that's a lot. I'm doing a lot over here. Yeah. So um, if anyone sees Becca going viral on ESPN um, <laughs> from the behind her girls on the bench. <laughs> yeah. My, my parents definitely love being able to watch me on TV. Uh, that's kind of wild. That, like that's a normal thing for me. I'm obviously, I don't work football, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, we're, we're, tr we are trying to get female athletics on, you know, more of a stage because 
we're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying we as in women, but uh, female athletes deserve more. And uh, we're slowly, as with a lot of things, slowly um, getting a little bit more attention. And so we just got to keep leading by example and pushing for it and uh, making our voice heard, which has been really empowering to see even though some things that have been highly media covered, you know, have not been positive. Um, I appreciate though, that it's forcing conversation mm -hmm. and that it's, it's making conversations happen off of media. Um, I like it because I'm like, Oh wow. Like this should be talked about. Like, I'm so glad this is being talked about. And specifically with, with what I do, I, I like that, the female in athletics is becoming a topic. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm in it <laughs> and I see it and I think they deserve it. And I, I think um, the diversity is important and it should not be a, a media stunt. Mm -hmm. I think it should be real. And I, I appreciate so much um, the coaches that really push for that too, because I mean, they're the ones that have the most influence, honestly. And, and being in athletics, I appreciate seeing, uh, and even now with social media, athletes doing it too. I mean, the, the NCAA thing, all of that getting covered and changed was because athletes got on their social media and said, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a thing when we were in college. Mm -mm. And so in that specific thing, like I appreciate that. And so I hope that we continue to encourage that of adults and college kids that, you know, use your platforms to speak up. If you see something that's wrong, or if you're struggling, like normalizing mental health or normalizing struggles with eating or normalizing whatever. Um, if you've got a platform, you know, just speak your truth instead of being pressured to have an opinion that's a certain opinion that may not be your opinion. <laughs> um, I really like seeing that too. So, yeah. No, I love that. So one last question. If there's anything you could tell 18 to 22 year old Becca, um, what would you say to her? Ooh, in a specific category or just in general? In I've, general. I have, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Don't we all looking back? We're like, why'd you do that? Stop that. <laughs> um, I would, I would meet her with understanding first. I think that for sure. Um, but I would tell her that it's going to be okay. And that you can do anything. Because I sure as heck did not think I could do jack crap in college. <laughs> I was just so in my own way, because of my mm -hmm. confidence and who I, who I let take up a lot of my time. Um, but I would tell her that it's going to be okay and you are going to come out of this and you are going to be able to impact more people than you even realize just being you. And I think that's pretty cool. I hope that's, that's what's happening, but... Um, that's kind of how I, how I feel like how I feel the universe is vibrating for me right now is, you know, just keep, keep pushing forward, but keep sharing. Um, 
because who knows who I'm impacting out there. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's in a positive way and even cooler if it's someone I don't even know, you know, it's kind of cool. I, I love that. And I think that's true for us now to give ourselves grace. Yes. <laughs> okay. That is my phrase. <laughs> that is my phrase. The girls like, want me to put it on a shirt because I say it to them all the time. Give yourself some grace. Because it's true. It's like we don't. The grind culture, the perfectionist culture, is. there's no room for grace, but we have to give it to ourselves. Like we can only do so much and we are great just how we are. And I'm just, I'm so glad that you are in the field that you're in. I think you are about to change it in so many ways. And every girl you touch is so blessed to have you. Um, and I, I, I honestly have enjoyed watching your journey via social media and catching up with you. And I can't wait for what the next steps are because you're destined for greatness. Like you're, you have a heart of gold, you truly care. The knowledge that you have, you always are willing to share with anyone and everyone who's willing to listen. Um, so there's only up from here. I really, really appreciate that. I hope so. I hope so. I, I keep kind of, you know, smiling to myself and just trying to remind myself that you really can set your mind to anything because I get in my own way a lot. And I know all of us do. Mm -hmm. um, that I just have this feeling that I know I'm only right now 27, going to be 28, which holy geez. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I have this feeling that that 30 is going to be big because I mean, that'll be right when I'm, you know, Dr. Morgan, which is kind of cool. And I just, right now I'm like, okay, you know, all right, sister, these next two years, keep laying that groundwork and keep mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other um, and, and dragging people along with me. It's like, come on, we're not doing the same thing, but we are doing the same thing. Like, let's, let's do it together. Um, because I've realized, even though I am an introvert, uh, that, it's okay for all of us introverts to, to lock arms and walk forward together and maybe not even talk, but we just, we're going, you know, so I just have a feeling that, that 30 is going to be, 30 is going to be big. Hopefully 28 is good too, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. So. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being with us here today. This was absolutely amazing. I hope um, those who are listening got as many nuggets out of this as I did. As usual, this is as much healing for me as it is, I hope, for you all as well. Um, but stay tuned for the next one. This episode was particularly hard for me because it's not like these body image issues just go away. It's something that a lot of us are going to be dealing with and having to come back for the rest of our life. The lingering self-doubt I had in college about whether I was thin enough and mentally that I could starve myself into a different body type is still there. And honestly, I just wanna give that version of myself a hug right now and give them the words of advice that Becca gave us at the end of the episode. It will get better. It is only through finding honest people like Becca who share their stories that I have been able to be more understanding with myself and improve my relationship with food and exercise. I know Becca and I talked a lot about how we're so happy that we didn't go through high school and college with a social media filter over every thought we had like a lot of kids are going through right now. At the same time, I now see myself looking at the snapbacks of women my age and older after having a baby on TikTok and finding that negative self-talk seeping back in due to my own social media use. So once again, it's not like it just goes away. But remember to give yourself grace, remind yourself that it will get better, and just take one step at a time. 
The influencers and others that we see on social media might be struggling just like you are. And sometimes the grass isn't really greener on the other side. Remember, grace, breathe, one step at a time. You got this. See you on the next episode.